last episode on Dark Dunedin. There were three women in a play. Were they witches or sisters or both? If all sisters are witches, then are all witches sisters? Lock me up! I said we're not charging you. Put me away! Miss Hepburn, it's not the 1920s. We don't just lock women away anymore. I didn't know where I was going to go or, 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 or what I was going to do. I've told you what you're going to do. You're coming with me. You shouldn't have to nursemaid me. You need to recover in a better environment than this. Dark Dunedin Season 3, Episode 3, Hellbound. Hello? Is anyone there? Hello? Who's there? Is that... What's a... With the whirling of time comes the Avenger, ready to duel with the past's offenders. Heaven hath no force like a woman who returns to annihilate the hell where her beloved burns. Into the eternal darkness, into fire and into ice. You'll burn, bitch! Burn! You don't see me, but I see you. I am Louise Hepburn, an invisible woman in the Edinburgh of the South. You shun the watchers until you need to break open our memory banks. This is a story about my Dunedin, Ortipoti, the place of the steep points at the bottom of the world. Someone else would tell the story differently. But this is my story. Hell breathes as heaven looks on. Between fevers and chills, I've ascertained where I likely am. The basement beneath the former cinema club theatre in the centre of town. The Octagon Ossuary, near what was a Maori burial ground and later a swimming pool and then a car park. A place dank and dark with time, watched over by the dead stare of Robbie Burns if a statue could see beneath the pavement and down the years. Time will pass, and we shall go away forever, and we shall be forgotten. I remember. My Aunt Fenella was the third sister in Chekhov's play. She played Olga, the eldest. Fenella, who brought gravity and discipline to rehearsals, who mediated the pettiness and rivalries between my mother Marion, who played Marsha, and Regan's mother Nancy, who played Irina. I remember now. I remember that Regan brought me and entombed me here. But I don't yet know why, or for whom this performance should entertain. Our faces will be forgotten, our voices, and how many of us there were. In rehearsals, when Marion or Nancy would threaten to walk off or upstage each other, it was Vanilla who refereed, a theatre family in spirit and spite. 
You can't choose your relatives or your classmates. If only I could have known. If only I knew. While the sisters sparred, a much younger me stayed here in the basement with the horses' heads from Equus, King Lear's eyeballs and marquettes from Midsummer's and a doll's house. Worlds within worlds in miniature. While my mother, Regan's mother, and Fenella rehearsed in the little theatre above, I'd sit on an old pallet watching Dad build set pieces. After our time, people will fly about in balloons. The cut of one's coat will change. Perhaps they'll discover a sixth sense and develop it. But life will remain the same, laborious, mysterious and happy. Dad, who knew all the lines but had no on-stage role to play. And in a thousand years' time, people will still be sighing. Life is hard. And at the same time, they'll be just as afraid of death and unwilling to meet it as we are. Dad let me help paint the backdrop once he'd drawn the lines. Trump Luel, views of the Urals or English country gardens or Scottish moors. Views that go beyond the scope and reach of the eye. Not only after two or three centuries, but in a million years, life will still be as it was. Life, life does, does not, not change. change. It, it remains, remains forever. forever. Following its, its own laws, which, which do not concern us, or which, at any rate, you will never find out. Birds fly and fly, and whatever thoughts, high or low, enter their heads, they will still fly and not know why or where. Come take me by these lily-white hands. Come take me by my feet. And throw me in this deep, deep well, which is more than one hundred feet. And the wind did howl, and the wind did blow. La, 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 A little bird lit down on Louise. Lie there, lie there, Louise, till the flesh drops from your bones. For the girl you were in that merry green land can wait forever for you to come home. And the wind did howl, and the wind did moan, la, 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 a little bird lit down on Louise. You look much more awake today. How, how long have I been here? 36 hours. Just long enough to keep you cold before I warm you up. I can't feel my fingers or toes anymore. It's so provincial in this town. It doesn't even snow properly. Even the snow is pathetic. Only you don't get to see that or feel it down here. Just Beetles and rodents. Was this always to be one of your research sites? Unofficially, and my only one at that. Are you really an architectural archaeologist? 
Does it really matter at this point? My, uh, my father used to, to build theatre sets and props here. I know. Those are some of his maquettes in the corner. Amazing that they've lasted until now. How do you know about the maquettes? The dressing rooms were over there. Mom spent a lot of time in here, where you are now. No, no, I was here. Not always. Most of the time. Some of the time. The rest of the time, it was just the two of them, alone in the dark. Why? Why are two people usually alone in the dark? I never knew Dad spent time with Nancy. Why would you? He certainly wasn't thinking about you. He gave her the cameo ring here. It's amazing she got to keep it. That she still had the ring to give to me. And now the two daughter sisters are here together with their matching rings. Us. Sisters with sister rings. But as Masha says in the play, Three Sisters, I don't need anything, but injustice enrages me. Is it an injustice that can be rectified? That would require raising your mother from the dead, and I'm sure that neither of us want that. She found out about Dad and Nancy. Bingo! She retaliated. Not just a pretty face, How, you. how? Notice anything special about your ring? It's a locket ring. Or a poison ring. Or a snuff ring. Perfect place to stash four grams of heroin to be discovered by the man who used to sleaze around your mother. Which one? Some lawyer. Our family lawyer. I asked him if he remembered your mother. You believed him? We have to talk to Fenella. She'll set the record straight. Nah, I've lost too much time with this already. But you've come this far. And now I'm ready to go. Well, don't you want to find out the whole truth for your mother? What? That Mom only had two months left on her Fulbright scholarship? That it didn't matter that she had no prior convictions in any country, including this backwater? It didn't matter that she was six weeks pregnant? She was put on a plane never to return. Heaven hath no rage like love to hatred turned, nor hell hath a fury like a woman scorned. Did you bring any of my meds? Your meds? My head's starting to... Starting to no, what? No, it really, really hurts. I haven't had anything since yesterday. Did you try looking in your ring? Are they in there? Maybe. I can't. I, I can't open it. It won't. Won't what? It's stuck. Help, help me. Why? Please, please, Regan. Pathetic. Please. You're definitely our dad's daughter. The man who hid behind the scenes. Too gutless to stand up in public for what he wanted. To stand up against your mother to stand up for his youngest child. I'm gonna give the city something to talk about for vanishing my origins, for burying my heritage. Heritage and lineage are privileges not afforded to bastards. What I'm about to do will be for all the bastards in this bastard town. Mark Twain was mistaken when he said the Scottish settlers stopped here on their way to heaven thinking they had arrived. They'd gone the wrong way and were, in fact, in hell. I mistook Regan as my saviour. I should have looked more closely at both her and me, side by side. And she was right. I wouldn't be cold much longer. I don't know why I'm so happy, Marion. Well, Nancy... When you get happiness in snatches, in small pieces, and then lose it, like me, then, 
Little by little, you become coarse and ill-tempered. Something ought to be done about that. I'm seething right here. He'll come in a minute. I'm tired of winter. You wouldn't believe what beautiful thoughts I had. What thoughts? I've already forgotten what summer's like. Beautiful snatches of lost thoughts. Vanilla, can you turn it down? What? The TV! What about it? Turn it down! Oh, right. Why all this cop drama anyway? I'm practicing my dialects. Immersing myself. And giving me tinnitus. How's this one? Ma'am, ma'am, step away. Bronx? Astoria, Queens. Okay, let's take things back. After Psycho Regan lit the fire, and she really is a psycho, there's a psych report to prove it. After she lit the fire, I passed out. Resigned to being one for the ashes. However, the smoke set off the sprinklers in not one, but two of the establishments above. At the cafe, a mother on a rare coffee break without a six-month-old had to abandon her latte and rhubarb slice. At the fusion restaurant, a translator had to do some extra fast talking to usher out the senior council staff and delegates from our Chinese sister city all the while acknowledging appropriate cultural niceties. Psycho Regan was apprehended at Oturihua. Her plan was to drive to Queenstown Airport before winging it to Brisbane, then on to Houston. Turns out she's got a track record of starting little fires back in the States. The notion that arsonists are always men is sexist, FYI, BTW, as I've now learned... However, the undoing of the arsonist, whatever the gender, is that they like to watch their flame work. So Regan hung around for a bit too long. She waited by the fountains in the octagon until the fire units arrived. And then her getaway was slowed up by cattle taking their good time shifting paddocks on moving day in the money of Toto. Meanwhile, the damp octagon basement that was my horror, was also my hero. The smoke rose and the flames licked up the walls and away from me. Ma'am, can you hear me? Give me a sign if you can hear me. I might try Jersey instead. Jersey? Mob matriarch from North Caldwell. Well, you're more likely to be cast as Livia Soprano than the bad lieutenant. (laughs) Oh, listen to him. He knows everything. Want some lunch, I got eggplant. Fenella's read about these older actors getting plum rolls in the US. She's thinking seriously about doing the audition circuit over there. You think that's crazy? After what I've been through? I think it's the break we both deserve. I'll be her bag handler. And sketch tourist portraits for greenbacks at Venice Beach. But we can't leave just yet. We're not supposed to watch or read anything about the trial. There's screeds coming out about Regan and linking it back to when Nancy was here in the 70s. All those mossy stones from the past are being turned over and little demon beetles are scuttling out. 
It's been both awful and fascinating, almost like watching another person's story. The one story we haven't been able to broach yet is that of my sister-in-law, Sarah. My brother, Richard, is in Christchurch with my nephews, Toby and Matt. We all need space to resettle, to find new configurations of settling and resettling the family. Those stones won't be turned or thrown for now. What's for dinner? All this diction has left me famished. We have got some eggplant, actually. It's aubergine, and moussaka would be lovely. Home. I'm at home. Mine and Fenella's house. Our little villa just one street over from what was my childhood home, then Richard and Sarah's, and now has been taken up by someone else. Fenella and I are two spinsters living in a cloud of memories and Chanel number five, perched atop the Dunedin town bout, a place where you can believe in magic, good and bad. When I stand still at the open bay window at dusk, I spy the dance of shadows that is the kehua under the canopy, kehua that guided me away from the makutu Guardians to dispel the jinxes and hexes. Spring has sprung early this year, and the white and crimson flowers of the mistletoe and kotukutuku are making their entrance, as if ready to perform a par de deux for the keradu. When your world is a small city, and you recount those times when your heart and head pound and your throat restrict. You need a nest, open to the sun, that no one can see into. A place high above it all, where you can be safe, watched over in the dark by the light of the moon and the stars. Dark Dunedin is a production of Prospect Park, New Zealand, based in Otipoti, the Edinburgh of the South. All episodes are written and directed by Emily Duncan, produced by H.J. Kilkelly and recorded at Otago Access Radio. Dominic Angelo Lololi is the technician and original music is by Marama Grant. Original artwork by Jess Newton. The actors in this episode are Julie Edwards as Louise Hepburn, Kelly Hocking as Regan, Terry McTavish as Fenella, Brian Kilkelly as Anthony, Alison Horsley as Nancy and Jessica Latin as Marion. Dark Dunedin was produced with support from Creative New Zealand, Dunedin City Council, Archive Birds New Zealand and Dunedin UNESCO City of Literature. <laughs>